Professor Sapna Sharma, thank you for joining me today. Uh, thanks for having me. Now, uh, Professor, we spoke back in 2015 about a study that you did that showed that the lakes around the world were warming. Just give me a very brief update on, on that, uh, what that study was about. Back in 2015, we looked at how uh, water temperatures, summer water temperatures around the world, uh, are warming in response to warming climates. Uh, we followed that up by looking at ice conditions, lake ice conditions, and we showed that lake ice is breaking up earlier in the spring, freezing later in the fall, and we're experiencing more years with what we term intermittent ice cover, so uh, lakes not freezing every winter. What we're hoping to do now is to look at how that might affect the loss of lake ice and uh, warming might affect people. So in 2015, you looked at the, the warming of the summer lake temperature, and lately you've been looking at how that's affected ice cover in the winter. And in both cases, you found that the warming has, in fact, created quite some different changes, correct? Yeah, we've, we've documented that. Uh, so with warming temperatures in the summer, uh, lakes are warming at about a rate of 0.34 degrees Celsius per decade. And with the loss of ice cover, we've, uh, we've been documenting that lakes that historically freeze every winter are beginning to not freeze uh, since about the 2000s. And we're estimating that about 15,000 lakes uh, are in that category. And with further increases in air temperature in response to climate change, uh, we're predicting that up to uh, 200,000 lakes could no longer freeze every winter. Now, in a personal anecdote, I know that when I was much, much younger, you could make a backyard ice rink and it would stay all winter, and now that's pretty much a, an impossibility in many cases. And the famous Rideau Canal, which freezes over in winter and is used as a skating rink, uh, the longest uh, allegedly in the world, they're having trouble. Their seasons are getting shorter. So in a, in a way, that's affecting uh, tourism in Ottawa because they make a lot of money from that. What, what has your study found out in terms of the effect of less ice on people? Well, exactly that. There's backyard hockey ice rinks and uh, skating and Rideau Canal is is just an, a local example of what we're seeing around the world. Uh, so, for example, um, there's a long-standing skating race in Europe. It started in 1797 in the Netherlands, and it's progressively moved further north as, uh, as the air temperatures have warmed. And currently, this race is held in a lake, Lake Malloran in Sweden. And it's come to this time that in warmer winters, this skating rates is increasingly cancelled because of unsafe conditions and uh, the loss of tourism to the to the region and loss of money because of warmer winters and uh, decreased ice thickness and unsafe conditions for skating. We found, we looked at uh, ice fishing uh, tournaments and we focused on ice fishing tournaments in Minnesota and southern, central, and northern Minnesota. And we found that in southern Minnesota, there are ice fishing tournaments that are becoming um, increasingly canceled in warmer winters. And as you move north, the pattern holds. And this has huge repercussions socioeconomically. For example, one uh, ice fishing tournament may bring in up to $800,000 for a local, a local community. So uh, we're finding that recreational um, activities and tournaments, we've collected data 
on those are uh, increasingly vulnerable to cancellations in warmer winters. I know also there's been talk about uh, the difficulty of uh, reaching some of the far northern Arctic communities, which rely on ice roads in winter, and they're becoming uh, shorter in duration as well. Did you get into that at all? Yeah, we did. So we uh, collected information from uh, St. James Bay in Ontario, uh, the winter ice road season. And we found that in uh, since 2004, in, um, in warmer winters, the ice road season is delayed by approximately three weeks, by up to three weeks. And that is quite substantial for a northern indigenous community who are further isolated for access to resources, but also access to uh, their communities and social networks. Uh, because of this delay in construction in, uh, in ice roads. So what are we to take from this latest uh, finding of your study? I think the important message for, for me was that millions of people around the world uh, enjoy activities on the ice uh, or rely on activities on the ice uh, for sustenance and transportation. And this is increasingly at risk because of, of warmer uh, air temperatures in some years. So it's, it's not that every winter uh, is warmer uh, than the last necessarily. We have some cold winters, we have some warm winters, but overall, uh, if we look at the climate over, uh, over decades, what we know is that spiritual ceremonies are being lost, uh, recreational opportunities are being lost, and uh, in transportation, we have uh, some examples going back to 875 A.D. as well as 1442 in, in lakes such as Lake Sua in Japan where Shinto priests have spiritual ceremony associated with the freezing of the lake. And uh, in the first 250 years that they had the ceremony, the lake only did not freeze three times, and that was associated with widespread famine in the region. Whereas in the last 30 years, the lake only freezes two out of every 10 years. So... Uh, something as simple as knowing whether a lake freezes or not can tell scientists about how climate is changing. But to the monastery in Suwa, it's a spiritual um, ceremony that's, that's being lost. And so I think what we're noticing as, as communities is that, you know, winters are not, not what they used to be when we were growing up. It's interesting you mentioned that because you are currently in southern Ontario, and uh, I remember as a child in southern Ontario, on Christmas, there was never a doubt that we wouldn't have a white Christmas. What is the, what is on the ground right now We're around you? Um, just green grass. Uh, green grass. And interestingly, I'm in Brantford, Ontario, which is the home of Wayne Gretzky, and the house that he grew up on is several streets away where, you know, Walter Gretzky uh, would freeze the backyard so that Wayne Gretzky could learn how to skate and play, and that's not that's not happening around me anymore. Sapna Sharma, thank you so much for this. You're welcome. Thanks for your interest.